No. Baba Booey. Hey. Do you watch Too Mad? Do you watch Too Mad? What is that? Dude, Baba Booey. Which I know he did not start it. That was uh, that was, St- uh, that was uh, Stern. What's his name? Something Stern. The radio guy? Yeah, Howard Stern. Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah. He, as far as I'm aware, I think, I think he started Baba Booey, and then Two Mads ripped it, and now everyone under the age of thirty thinks <laughs> Two Mad made Baba Booey. If there was a movie called Land Before Memes, Baba Booey would be the main meme of that movie. Baba Booey. That was like before internet stuff. You recording? I am recording. Recording. Baba Booey. This is also Baba Booey. Dude, just making sure. I think it's pe- peaking. Let's think, go Baba Booey. Do you think well, I mean, too mad will get canceled? Checky yeah. check, check. Checkity, 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 check. Not by Twitter, but like, do you think YouTube will eventually pull the rug out from under him the way they did Pink Guy? Pink Guy? What? They didn't pull the rug out from No, they pulled out the whole the cake series that pink guy did where he Blue like baking the cake all of those cake episodes got pulled from youtube they did for what when did that happen for like being too grotesque <laughs> what they were they were saying really? like it was classless and like just unnecessary but the thing was it followed all his videos it, it follows a narrative like it was there as i'm pretty sure there's an office episode where somebody gets sick and throws up right is that a thing i don't it kind of sucks, though. I don't know. I don't watch The Office. We've already discussed that. My yeah, point is, unfortunately, it, there's a lot of shows and movies where things are like in context, pretty gross or whatever, and then, um, and then your phone. it's accepted, and you can like rent those movies. <laughs> Look at me! I can just flip a switch. You can rent yeah, like yeah. pretty gross movies or things with like gross scenes on YouTube. But if you're an independent creator and you upload a video that has it in context of a story or a plot line, they're like, yeah, we don't. We don't want it. And the thing was, when they, these videos were made and uploaded, it was before these rules were made. So they're retroactively going back and YouTube's canceling these videos. That's silly. But my thought is... But it's their platform, so... Yeah, I mean, it's, they can do whatever they want. But there's like certain creators that are out now, like Too Mad, that are, you know, making similar videos to Pink Guy. And it's like, is he going to get pulled in like a couple months? Probably. Uh, Just got to uh, wait for him to catch up to him. iDub's gotten a lot of heat, too, for doing it with uh, the Leafy content cops. So uh, Leafy was like this bully that made fun of people based on their appearance, especially children and old people. It's like super scummy, dude. And then dude. iDub's makes this uh, video calling him out. And Leafy doesn't get in trouble, but iDub's does because he was bullying somebody for calling him out for being a, like just a terrible person. So, I don't know. Double standards is out there. What is happening? I love Too Mad, though. His, his content is, like, just to the point of cringe that I can, I can handle. I feel like he's not as far as Pink Guy was. He doesn't, he's not as wild, but he's pretty close. Pink Guy's a lot. You guys introduced me to him. Yeah. That's, that was a interesting. It was a ride, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a ride. <laughs> a ride I don't know if I wanted the ticket for. Oh, you. It was prepaid. <laughs> it was prepaid. <laughs> Uh, so why all, why are, why are all three of us here? Just to suffer? Uh, yeah, just to suffer. Well, we wanted right. to put our new hire back on. Yeah, we actually promoted you <laughs> to being in charge of us. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry got, about that. I hope that didn't hurt your feelings. Then got demoted right. again today. Yeah, you get, you need to be demoted more often. Uh. <laughs> oh, Triflex cast. Welcome all. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Triflix Cast. My name's Tristan. We got Cole over there. Switch to Cole with the cameras. Let us see what Cole is. 
And then there's David. What are we doing? We're making a podcast. Why? Because we, we're in an industry where we make sh- uh, short films and also do commercial work. We do real estate work. We do everything. I didn't think you were going to say short. Yeah. <laughs> we make sh- sh- short. Dude, we make, we make some short, short work. Short work. Short work of this intro. Uh, Roll it. Boo. Boo. Everybody's feeling pretty pretty mellow today. Yeah. I'm just getting that vibe from all three of us. It's been well, a day. Usually, We've been busy. We, usually yeah. we shoot a little bit later, or maybe it feels later than so today the sun's still out and we're recording at the same time, I guess. And the same time as last last time. Yeah. Fourth but I, I, feel, I feel so much more exhausted <laughs> and I think it's I don't know. We've just been busy? out of it. We've just been busy. We've been busy. working. What have we been busy we, doing? We, cool? Yeah, we've been working like crazy. That's why, like, I gotta get. I was telling Tristan today. I was like, gotta get caught up on some content. Give you guys what you want, what you need. Uh, it's we been need? hard. We've been uh, we've been shooting houses like crazy. Um, we've got a lot of projects that were that Tristan is working tirelessly to edit. Yeah. And pump out into the world. You know, we used to have a series called Triflix Fix. And it was Triflix. like Triflix. Fix. Try fix yeah and it was like just this series that i was putting out of like content weekly and i was like get your fix like like <laughs> i, I kind of like that yeah <laughs> maybe yeah. we'll bring it back i don't know i don't know maybe yeah no it Get was some feedback from our fans out here um we'll bring it back if you ask yeah we would put out a, a short film you look so every, sad me yeah i'm just kind of really i'm just really out of it uh it's been a long day yeah you okay it's a long you day be sad. it is <laughs> so we would we would put out a video every friday and that was like a short film and then we would have a follow-up the next friday that was the bts and the explanation for how we were doing it and i guess we're kind of doing that now we've rebranded it um and it's less consistent than it was back like four years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's okay we're completing client work and we're getting busier which was mm-hmm. which was the goal yeah. so i mean I got money now, you know. Yeah, that's what they yeah. say. But money. like we've talked about over and over again, we're just continuing down that path of like figuring out organization of everything. So yeah. it's about being like, oh, this didn't work so great. So what do we do next time? Yeah, right. I mean, you get money doing a lot of things. Is it something we want to do? Huh? What? I'm just saying. Money? Like, yeah. I mean, we we're, do we're things talk, for we're, money. Yeah, we're doing think projects for money now. And well, that's true. Yeah. 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 It's like, do we want to do it? It's. <laughs> do we want to do, do it? Do we want to do it? Well, I mean, we know, wake up in the morning. It's not. It, do I want to do Get to this? the point. And I mean, yeah. as everybody hopes they do when you start a business, is you hope mm-hmm. you get to the point where you have regular reoccurring work. Right. Or mm-hmm. enough work to keep you busy. It's like, okay, well, an average person does 40 to 50 hours a week. So let's say we have 70 hours worth of work. Eventually, you can't do all of it. Well, that's true. Yeah. So then and you need to be selective. Yeah. And that's, well, and not just be selective. Or, to grow yeah <laughs> hire more Tristan's like let's be selective i'm like let's get the next person in here mm-hmm. um yeah that's the goal so you're saying you have to be selective to grow triflix is hiring yes. no <laughs> <laughs> no no we're not selecting people david's over here he's like no, no give no, me no. more hours <laughs> you've just been slim lately you've been busy mm. with other things yeah well i mean think, think what what was it last week we had the was it last week? The Love Chapel? I sent you a ton of work last that week. Was, that yeah. was last week, yeah. We had week, to grind yeah, a lot of stuff out real quick. Because I was gone over the weekend. Yeah, it was last week. Things that were previously not on the back burner were yes. then put back onto the back burner. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but David came in clutch for us, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. we have a larger project that we've been trying to put out. Um, 
the coffee house videos um mm-hmm. and we're we're very close on that but by the been, time this podcast is out they're already be out they're already in the ether they're, they're already, already there sorry yeah, yeah at least one of them because it depends on when uh when they publish i don't know what their consistency that's gonna true be. that's but true as but as it's soon a series as, as soon as we get the approval we're going to be posting them on our socials as well yes yeah um and we actually we got more stills than actual bts video um, have, have we even talked about this at all i don't think we did two weeks ago I don't think we did either. No. I think maybe we talked about it like a future project, but we didn't give them kind of like the the lowdown, but I mean. Yeah. So I think the last project we talked on here was probably uh, Coach's Cuts, and that was a barbershop video we did Mm -hmm. with uh, previs and everything. Yeah. We haven't gone through projects in a while. No. No. Yeah. We've got quite a a few right now. Um, I don't have Trello up. Talked about that already, but Mm, our our project management software. yeah, with uh, Coffee House Five, we went through and we pitched some ideas to them, and they had some ideas of their own already. I just kind of mellowed those out and, and hashed everything up to to get something that we mm-hmm. both agreed would be suitable, something that they thought represented their brand, but something that we thought would perform well uh, on the platforms they were choosing. Which right. sp- specifically, they want Instagram. Yes, they say uh, that's where most of their traffic comes from. So. Yeah, and it, I mean they know their demographics, so it's like, all right, well let's. Uh, make some content that's suitable for it so we ended up pitching three videos um short little minute and a half to two minute videos explaining uh their locations and how they got started um their food and then kind of like the reasons why uh now those reasons are spread out throughout those three videos but they have a video for each of those topics that they really focus on and it was just it was cool because we got to go in after hours and shut everything down and run it the way we wanted to uh it was awesome now there mm-hmm. were some issues that we we were figuring out as we're going and that's yep. <laughs> uh whenever it comes to a product that's time sensitive to create like a uh, pastry or a drink or something like mm. that um there's not really a can you slow down while i get the shot so you're running and trying to keep up as fast as you can and that just led to quite a few unexpected uh problems that we gotta find solutions for <laughs> yeah in the which, moment it's not too difficult it's just right just i mean kind of there's some pre-production things that we can do that we're not doing currently that i think will help to streamline the process mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and again all that comes with experience and for us you know i mean we've done these things before but when it's the scale starts to move up and we have more moving pieces and more people yeah. more gear just in general you know you're like i've got two angles today i've got to work on this and we, we did kind of jam everything into one night, though, too. And we were like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of footage that night that we got in one kind of swoop. So, again, just it all boils down to organization, Yeah, I think. I mean, well, it, it, it's all like the organization and the pre-production side of things. But it's also sometimes the shoot, even even with pre-production doesn't go as expected no, you're always sure. you're always yeah. going to get those hurdles um one thing that we have learned and a huge takeaway for us was um making sure that if it is an interview style or a talking piece where we see a talking head and then having b-roll included we want to make sure that we are at minimum shooting the interview before the b-roll yes and then take the mm. time to go watch back through the footage and be like okay here's where here were your talking points but um 
in addition to that, if if possible, to get the scripts ahead of time, and then we can shot yeah. list and plan what all we're going to be roll because it's a coffee shop. We've all seen commercials for coffee shop on Instagram, or maybe not even a commercial, but you just see like these beautiful B roll shots of like swooping in, and then the coffee's like pouring, and then the beans mm-hmm. are flipping around, and you know it's really it's cool <laughs> dynamic, and it was it was fun going in and, and just kind of guerrilla shooting it, but uh, it, it does lead to an inefficient workflow. Yeah. Uh, it's a really creative uh, one, but it's inefficient. Yeah, uh, it's costing w- us time in the back mm-hmm. portion of the yeah. post-production part of it, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. But you know, we're now now we kind of know like mm-hmm. get as much as we can together, plan out our shots, and kind of go from there. So yeah, and in mm-hmm. this case, there wasn't really an option because they they have a limited time of when they could shoot, right. and it was after hours. And in order to fit in the baking segment of the pastries and uh, the hmm. biscuits we had to shoot it in that way right um so it you know it's just a lesson learned yeah and fun shoot though yeah. i mean to be able to see the behind the scenes and like they're making the stuff and you're figuring out you know i mean this is a local spot mm-hmm. which is the fun part is you know we're able to see this and also put it out into the community to say like you know they're doing more and there's there's more to be seen that they haven't shown you yet mm-hmm. and that's kind of the cool thing is we're we're helping to reveal kind of the essence of the business and uh hopefully mm-hmm. that turns into more business for them and, yeah. and it'll yeah. be awesome i mean i pushed so hard for this job and tristan knows that i was constantly like send him a message go into the shop um even just you know go in and take some shots of somebody else do still photography i did a couple headshot uh sessions in the building and so it's just like being front of mind mm-hmm. and pushing the sale and it was just like hey we would love to help how can we help can we help would you be interested to help yeah. and then after they said yes it was like when can we schedule can we schedule now let's go ahead and do this and mm-hmm. then it all kind of you know went from zero to a hundred um <laughs> of, yeah we can start in like three weeks too hey we're doing it this week right and we need it like by then and it's like okay right yeah also she's leaving earlier now so we have even less time to get it done and it's like okay we'll make it work don't worry we got you and i think that coffee house this this project we've, we're doing with them i think this represents a larger production um resource heavy type of uh production um and when we have something like that, especially at our capacity, we have mm-hmm. the smaller productions that are, you know, quicker turnaround, um, something that's a little more simpler, that's in the wheelhouse of like, hey, you can throw it together, you know, get it out the door in a timely manner. Those happen all at the same time. Timely manner, my butt. I had that done in an hour. No, well, that's what I'm saying. It I was shot a- it, I brought it okay. home, and I sent it to the client in two hours. I somehow okay. don't believe you. No, no I really was. I witnessed this. Yeah, this was a legit occurrence, and um, I wasn't there. I can't attest to it. Well, a disclaimer. Yeah, that might not always be your experience, yeah. future client. So just no. giving you a heads up. That I'm saying we have we we have a a benchmark that we want to hit internally that is not the uh uh, agreement between us and our client we (laughs) did not tell them it's going to be done in three hours it was hey can you have it by like three or four days from now and we're like yeah sure and i just had a a little bit of time in between projects so i figured why not let's pump it out quick and we'll go on to the next thing and it was a 
beautiful we got to shoot for coaches yeah that again. actually was another coaches that was yeah. our second one for them yeah they called us back yeah. um and that was a, a quick little kind of community update video from the owner yeah um mm-hmm. coach ray it and outperformed his first one actually it does not surprise me though it was it was such a heartfelt um you know yeah. kind of his sentiment to the community and mm-hmm. to his mm-hmm. life and to the people that surround him and help him it was it was really cool and i mean it was it was a very quick turnaround nice quick shoot uh, but man, you know, I thought we were talking about the color grade and the audio and just like everything was spot on. That's well, like one of those projects you shoot out and you're like, that's no revisions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was beautiful. Um, so there was a couple of things. Yeah, we, we shot this one, I think, after Coffee House. Yes. So I took a lot of the things that we were just talking about of, of um, workflow and what we what we liked and what we didn't like. And one of the things we hadn't even discovered yet was we prefer interviews before the B-roll. Yes. And this was our, our proof of concept. When we shot this, we did uh, the talking portions. And then as he's discussing it, I'm watching the shot and I'm trying to listen a little bit. You're listening to audio, so you're listening a little bit. And we're able to hear the his story and what elements he's wanting to capture, even though we didn't have a script. Right. It didn't make a difference because we were able to go right afterwards and we're like, oh, he talked about this, this, and this. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Um, and then when we came back, uh, one thing that that's been different is last couple of weeks, been doing a lot of research on color grading, color matching, color balancing, and making that, uh, making it so that skin tones look really natural and getting all your camera angles to look identical. So that way, whenever you start to push the grades and make it so it's like really blue and really orange here and colorful and vibrant, it, it looks uniform and it, it, all those little details and things are what combined to make that become a three-hour turnaround yep and like doing if we went in and did that three years ago there's there's no way because it's only by doing all these iterative projects that you become better yeah and that's the thing that's i think that's the biggest selling point i'm gonna i'm putting on my producer hat here hold on Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the biggest selling points for using triflix for the video work because and not just video work but in general because because three hour turnarounds <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> uh, but specifically because everybody here um is willing to continually um up their game every single project we're always adding we're always learning we're always researching um constant always trying to figure out what can we do to make this better and trying new techniques Mm -hmm. um you know we're not scared to get you know to get outside of that rut that people can get into where you're like i've got Mm -hmm. my process i'm moving down this way it works for me it's been working keep keep your head down yeah and there's certain things that you hold on to of course but Mm -hmm. everybody here is so willing to to go hey you know what I'm going to put the time and effort and the work into this to make this better every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's about, you know, owning a business is, it's not about making a money or doing something you enjoy. I feel like, I mean, you know, there, there's benefits. <laughs> those are on the list. It. Those are, those are, <laughs> that, that those are bonuses. Definitely but, one of the biggest perks. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the thing about, <laughs> Owning it's, a business is just about the heartaches. No, no, it's none of the, I know. I, it's, I know. it's all of those and none of those. Um, <laughs> if you go into a business for any of those reasons, it's not going to last very long. Yes. Because you're going yes. to you're going to get burnt out. But the I, yeah. the idea of starting a business and and you liking what you do, it's it's cool. But whenever it's about you growing and you figuring out the best way of doing things, 
and it's not about just how efficient or how much money can I make. Mm. Um, those are bonuses, things you should keep in mind. But whenever you're going into the reason of trying to, to better yourself, your product's just going to keep getting better and better and you won't get stagnant. You won't say it's not a cookie cutter, you know, like you, you get your dough and then you put no. it on, and you take your cutter and you're like, same project, same project, same project. And you got 15 cookies that you give to one to each company. There's nothing unique about it. Your product doesn't change. And, and after a while, you're just going to start to question why you're doing it. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, well, if you're doing it for money, there's so many Mm. easier <laughs> so many this is true. less stressful ways of making money than running a business right? oh my gosh yes but you don't do it for those reasons they're so, just they're they're perks i forget I, I think it was mike rowe who said it that um that it's not always a good thing to follow your passion because with mm. everybody Sometimes you're passionate about something, but you might just really suck at it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's you true. just may not have the skill or talent to make that work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, not that not not in reference to us or anything, but like he was yeah. encouraging people, just go find something that needs to be done and mm-hmm. find a way to become passionate about that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was actually something your your cousin, my my best best man at the wedding day, and he taught me when I was uh, back in college. Um, was the idea of learning learning to love work regardless of what it is or Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's the mindset and then you know there's there's some backing behind that like uh with our faith and what we believe it's like that's like the protestant work ethic now i don't i don't carry too much of (laughs) of that because like uh i have a little different perspective on it but still there's there's a lot of value and guidance and learning to love what you're doing because if Mm -hmm. even if it's not enjoyable to take the to take something away from it learn from it and grow from it and find a way to to improve it um i was always told leave leave it better than the way you found it and that applies to to people to objects Mm. to to property or whatever and if you can go into an industry or a job or whatever the situation is and find a way to make it just a little bit better it's like that's your legacy and Mm. and your impact on not just the world but like that's your impact on your friends and your family and your co-workers and that all adds up in the end so yeah i like yeah. micro no yeah yeah, yeah no there's it, always something to take away yeah. from situations mm-hmm. whether at work or personal life it's you mm-hmm. know yeah the negatives teach you something just as much as the positives sometimes you learn more about the negatives <laughs> <laughs> well those are yeah. the memories that like you really hold on to because that like uh, when you're a, i don't know if i mentioned on here but it's like mm-hmm. uh two a.m. and you're trying to go to sleep, and then you remember that stupid thing you did in third grade. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, there's it's a bad thing, but at the same time, you're probably never going to do that again. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. there are some benefits to uh, to making mistakes. Yeah. And that's if you can learn yeah. from them. I haven't forgotten my tripod since, <laughs> since I did that last year. <laughs> but the, which tripod exactly? The, the tripod that I'm using is what you're wanting me to. No, no, no. Uh, which one have you not forgotten? Any of oh, you're talking about that I haven't forgotten I used. It wasn't a tripod, but my uh, ironing board tripod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More of a quad pod. Quad pod. Quad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then I finally invested in a better tripod and I was like, you know. Yeah. I literally pulled that tripod out the other day, my old one. I, I had one that I was using and I liked it. Um, but then I, I like lost it or it broke or something. No, I think I left it at a shoot, something, something along those lines. And I was like, Oh gosh, like I had to have one that day for a shoot. So I went into Best Buy, bought the first one I saw and ran out 
so I could do huh. my shoot. And uh, I still have it because it's like a, I don't know, there's something about it. And uh, sentimental. Yeah, but it's the worst. It's <laughs> completely made out of plastic. I don't know if there's any metal on the whole thing. And every time you open it up, it's just like, you can see the legs bend in when you put the camera on it. Sounds so bad. I don't even want to think about using that. I used it for a long time. That put me through a lot of shoots. Mm -hmm. And then when I bought the Peak Design, I was like, what is this magic? (laughs) Yeah, that thing probably paid for itself 20 hundred times over. Oh, for sure. I'm sure it was like 30 bucks. (laughs) Yeah, one shoot, you could have bought two of them. Yep. (laughs) Would have been good to go. Oh. But that's the funny things about how, how all this works. Yeah. And I finally bought a lens. This, oh, yeah, you got the wide is, angle. This is the first lens I have bought since I started photography. Really? Never bought a lens. How long is that? Well, if you want to count it since my first camera, you never saw. I had a D5300. Mm-hmm. That was like my technical first camera buy. And that was probably thir- 2013, 2014. Yeah, that makes you sound like you're not great at your job what's the redeeming value here what do you mean well i'm saying like people want to hire us and we're like we never upgrade our equipment so oh yeah well here i can bring it around here so why 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 did it take you so long and what's the benefit of this lens so okay so the cool thing is is when i started with the 5300 i i probably i want to say that that camera was like i don't know five six hundred bucks yeah it's just starter which for me Mm -hmm. at that time was that was a lot of money it's big it was hard for me um Cause I still, I, I, it was either right before my first kid or it would have been a little bit after she was born. Cause that was kind of the whole reason I bought it was that I could take, I already had Nikon lenses that I inherited from my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a D 11 X, which was what I technically first started shooting on. Um, but my, mm-hmm. the one I bought was the 5,300. So I used their lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I'm going to make this a long story. Sorry. Um, but so that first camera, like I said, was like five or 600 bucks. Well, I had no intent of making it make money for me. Mm-hmm. And then when I started shooting real estate shoots, which would have been my first actual like venture into a professional subcategory of mm-hmm. photography, um, it just worked. I mean, it was just like, it did its thing. People were happy. The pictures look good. And then what I was, the reason why I upgraded Mm-hmm. was a couple things it was clarity oh starting to lose clarity on my pictures yeah um you know after you use a shutter so many times right it was a mechanical shutter mm-hmm. so after you use it so many times you know you start to i from what i'm told is that you get some degradation from that and then not only that but the lenses were even older than the body and so i started losing like <laughs> autofocus function mm-hmm. it was the Ooh. slowest like it was like oh yeah some like slow servos going on oh it was so bad um and then finally um my lens just fell apart it just like was done (laughs) it just what just yeah like it literally like i was just having those issues i took it apart snaps pretty much Uh, i took it apart and i fixed the parts that were having problems and everything like that and i like i dumped out the plastic pieces that were broken inside of it and Mm -hmm. just kind of like put everything back together And it worked for a little while longer, and then finally it just took a full crap on oh, me. that sucks. Yeah. Well, so you didn't just have one lens. You said you had multiple from the start. So, like, you've... You probably... You weren't working with just one the entire time, right? I was, How many yes. did you have? I thought you said you had some from your parents. So, I had got two. I, yeah. I got the... Um, it was a very similar lens to what we have now. I think it was a 35 to 70, mm-hmm. or 35 to 85, 30 to 85, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used that primarily for the real estate. But then I I also had the the um, telephoto that we use now, mm-hmm. 
Um, but I mean, you can't use the telephoto for real estate. You okay, I, mean? I like, see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So yep. I was okay. literally just going off of, and two, like shooting at like 30 to 35 on a real estate shoot. I have no idea how I did it. Mm-hmm. I was backed mm-hmm. into every corner, just all the way to the back, just shooting. Oh man. Um, yeah. yeah. We're but, shooting, I shoot 24s when we go and now you just got the, I mean, you were shooting 24s as well. Yeah. Which 24 is, is much more in the pocket. Yeah. Um, it's starting to get towards the, the high end, but you also have to think as well. I went from a crop sensor to a full frame. Yeah. So that just zooms in on the image a little bit. Exactly. And, and you lose that area around. Is that so, what in the pocket means? What what is that? We that phrase. You said in the pocket. What does that mean? Oh, I meant in the pocket of um, lens size for real estate. Yeah, like mm-hmm. um, ideal. Yeah, your okay. I- ideal space to shoot because you also don't want to shoot. Most people say don't shoot below 16. Um, Why do they say that? Well, you start to get a lot of lens distortion, and then everything starts to get real funky. You know, I mean, you start to get that fisheye effect. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you're already getting it at, you know, you're already getting it at 16, but it's it's much easier to correct and to fix. You're not, and, you know, you're not as much vignetting as well. So, okay. There's all those things that come into play that just don't work out great for real estate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, making, I just wanted to make sure we went throwing around like a whole bunch of terms at once. Yeah, we were yeah. talking about like full frame, like yeah, sorry. pocket and everything. So it's like we, there's cropped and then there's full frame. That's why David's and, here. Yeah. So <laughs> I know just enough to be like, I kind of maybe know what that means. Yeah. So um, our cameras have... I mean, I don't even know all the details about the frames and all that stuff. But well, anyway, both the Nikon's yeah. are full frames, mm-hmm. and um, the Micro mm-hmm. Four Thirds uh, sensors are on the G7s. Gotcha. Yeah. Difference being just like the amount. The bigger the sensor, lets more light in, so mm-hmm. you get shoot in the dark a little bit easier. And then it also allows you to have like a wider field of view. So instead right. of just seeing like my face here, you would mm-hmm. see a little bit more content there so around the edges. Full frame is like a standard size is that like an inch or uh, like how big is that it's bigger than an inch i know that um it depends upon the camera manufacturer because um, full frame is the term i that's using the full sensor you know you're not cropping in on the sensor which is why okay. the other one's called a crop mm-hmm. um so but it well, just depends on the camera manufacturer or what you get because full frame isn't just like one sensor size Mm-hmm. Uh, because like my drone has a one inch sensor so unless you're talking about something else cropped is not an actual sensor cropped is like you're just cropping in on the image yeah that's what he said yeah, yeah. well he was talking about full frame isn't it, isn't it specifically standard. called a crop sensor because you're only you're only able to use so much like in that type of camera it's not that it's a so, t- technically a smaller sensor so how i've seen it used is usually when you go up to the bigger resolutions uh, like He's, full 4K or up. something like that. I do have to look this up, but that's okay. So, so the the order mm-hmm. of common consumer grade sensors are you're gonna have micro four thirds being the smallest, and it's pretty pretty tiny if you open up any of these cameras. And then you have uh, APS-C sensors, mm-hmm. and then you have super 35 millimeter, and then you have full frame, which is just a little bit bigger. And these sensors just keep getting bigger and bigger. And yeah. the larger they are, the more light can hit them. Like I said, the, the mm-hmm. shadow range, but it also opens up the image now depending on some settings in the camera like how many frames per second how many um, you know shots the camera's making um, will affect the uh, 
the the sensor itself so it'll start to crop in on the image so a cropped mm. uh, cropped image or a crop sensor just means the sensor is able to do more and you're cropping in on it but the sensor itself is still going to be a full frame super 35 micro four thirds or APS-C. No, is that, yeah, so you're shaking your head. You're shaking your head. What's, Correct what's me. What's going on? Me. Yeah. So a full frame sensor is a 35 millimeter, right? Okay, That's the so equivalent that is a of a full frame. Set. So when something's called full frame, that means 35, 35 millimeter. millimeter. That's your full okay. size sensor. Mm. A crop sensor is, a, is smaller than a standard 35 millimeter size, which introduces a crop factor to the photos these cameras take. This means that the edge of your photo will be cropped for a tighter field of view. Okay. Yes. So I, I think I know what's going on. So if you have a full frame, oops, don't, don't bump that. Don't bump my microphone. <laughs> Careful. When you have a full frame, there's usually a setting that you can tell it to crop down to mm -hmm. the other standard. Since right. it's big enough, you can go smaller inside of it. And sometimes that's necessary when you want like a higher frame rates or higher resolution because you have less data, you can get it faster. Right. That that's how I that that's how I'm interpreting it. Could be wrong. <laughs> I don't. I just googled it. Yeah. So. What did the, what Google what Google site did did you go? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're all we're doing a Google foo battle here. <laughs> so our our cameras, I know for a fact, they do call it something else. It's called FX and DX. So that's mm -hmm. going to be your your full, and then I don't remember what the D stands for. Dumb. But yeah, dumb, dumb <laughs> sensor. So it's going to crop in on the sensor. Dang. I I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking here. But there's the the other part of this is though is that I think there's a lot of things that happen on a manufacturer level that mm -hmm. are specific to the manufacturer. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I okay. mean, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. The, the you're correction wrong? here is there are there if there is super thirty five, there's thirty five millimeter, right, and that's mm -hmm. full aperture. Right. There's also Academy thirty five millimeter, and that uh, that's what I was referencing. I, I'm sorry if I said super. I'm wrong. The Academy. Regardless. Did you just say you were wrong? Yeah. What? Super wow. 35. I'm so glad this is on recording. Oh, what's the button? Is it this one? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Which one is it? Oh we, my god! There has to be a happy sound. <laughs> oh, so loud! Oh my gosh! Yeah, we you need might, to turn those. You down. gotta turn down the pad, homie. Dude, <laughs> everybody just had their ears blown. We'll have to I'll do fix them all again post. so we can fix it in post. Here, no, you're good. We can. We they're all separate channels, so if yeah, you want to yeah. use it later, you can. Yeah, we yeah. will. We're good. <laughs> I think the experience was nice. Uh, but anyways, so before, so we don't go down this crazy rabbit hole because we're way off subject. Okay. Hey, this first is off, Tristan was important. wrong. So it's very important. This, it's very this important. Is a, this is probably more on subject to video production we, we've ever been. That's true. We're not talking about phones. We're not talking about internet. We're not talking about streaming. Yeah. This is the most we'll relevant conversation later. we've had on this podcast. Let's not we're derail it just yet. And it's something we none of us actually knew for sure. I know. That's what yeah. I love is like. Yeah, we're professionals here. That's okay. But it while, like you're, it, while you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. I'll just show you that. That's that's it. That's all I got. Oh, my gosh. That is that is how I've always reviewed them. Uh, is I go to the images. I don't read the text. That's my problem. Yeah, problem. you don't ever read. It's annoying. Yeah, see, that's the problem. But that's the actual image of the sensor size. Yeah. You don't need more information when you're look, comparing the size of them. And yeah. It, they're labeled. They are labeled. They're labeled. Um, that's the same thing as like TV resolutions. Right. And aspect ratios. Yeah. So those are all marketing gimmicks half the time. 
Yeah, well, hey. that, that you still have to abide by them when you go to the counter. I don't have to, to abide by anything. When you, <laughs> when you go to the store no. and you say, I want a TV, and they ask what kind, you have to tell them how they market it. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to help you I at all. I bust out the spec sheet. You bust out the <laughs> spec sheet. You're like, I need a, a pixel density. Or I do the Ron Swanson, which is I, do, I know more than you, and I just tell them to go away. See, that's... Yeah. Well, I'm just going to be like, um, I'm going to need a, I need a TV with a VRR and uh, mm-hmm. I need a FPS of 144 and I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they're going to go, huh? <laughs> 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 uh, but anyways, yeah. so back on the camera thing. Yeah. So, what, what were we even talking about? So I, anyways, I, 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 we were, I was, I was telling the story. So, <laughs> so the sad part of all this is, is again, David was asking for my motivation. My motivation was mm-hmm. what I had was broke. And I needed something that wasn't broke no more. No. <laughs> so, so the fashion of myself and, and actually having the funds to do something this time, I was like, this makes me money. So what I buy, I should be able to recoup eventually down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd done a lot of research. Um, I'd already had Nikon lenses, which didn't end up mattering. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> well, we use, we got, are you talking about the zoom lens? Yeah, we have. I mean, we still use that. I originally wanted to also use the other lens, but then, like I said, it took a crap. So um, that was part of my plan. I mean, the Z6 was the camera; like that was my plan, and mm. it just mm. happened faster than I wanted it to happen. Um, but I knew I wanted full frame. I knew I wanted mirrorless, and I knew I was going to stick with Nikon. So that left me with one choice, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I did not need a Z7 because I don't need 48 megapixels. Yeah, uh, nobody's did, buying a house based on them pixels. Nah, I I, I shoot <laughs> everything at twenty four, and then I reduce to eight before I send it. Mm-hmm. So you're like, and I like to shoot at twenty four for my own because mm-hmm. I'm a pixel peeper. Well, you can Whoa. see the full resolution on our website. <laughs> this is true. Um, <laughs> you totally threw me off. Oh um, no, you're you're talking you're about your upgrade peeper. and you had upgrades sooner yeah. than you so, expected. So uh, my camera actually broke on a trip with my family, which I was super upset about because I usually take pictures mm. throughout the whole trip. Um, so I was unable to. So the minute I got home, I went out and bought the Z6 and never looked back. So and that was, I mean, that was really my main motivation. I knew I needed to upgrade. Um, you know, I think that down the line there are equipment upgrades that can make a difference um i know some people say they're like you know your your equipment doesn't make a difference if you know your craft Mm -hmm. and this and that and and i get it i mean don't get me wrong like now that i understand how a camera functions i can go on my phone use pro mode and probably get a better image than most people Mm -hmm. but again there is a a quality factor where you're getting that clarity of of your shooting um by having something that is better and functions better and it's faster i mean it was just the whole workflow and that was the reason why i upgraded like for phones they have cameras you can probably do a lot of your shoots with the phone camera but like low light performance is going to suffer like crazy because those sensors are just so small right go back and bring in the, the sensors back i like that conversation no um well and the data yeah. that you can get out of a full frame sensor like again right. it does matter to it's have a larger powerful yeah you took the larger sensors get more data and mm-hmm. even if you put you know a 12 megapixel phone picture next to a 12 megapixel camera picture mm-hmm. you will still notice the depth yeah and then that could take us into dynamic range because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know that was another thing I lacked a lot of dynamic range with the 5300. So when I changed the Z6, my dynamic range was exponentially... Just bracket more. 
Well, you can bracket more, but the problem was I was still having that issue. Like, I'm telling you, you could not go high on that ISO before it was just green grain. Yeah. And you're like, mm. this is bad. Yeah. This is right. so bad. I'm going to do that thing where I'm, I'm going to ask questions. No, that's good. That's uh, why you're here. What's a, well, before bracketing, what is dynamic range? And then what's bracketing? What, what are those? So dynamic range, and I'm sure Tristan will chime in here. And be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Starting um, with Google I'm going to give it my best shot, and then I want you to add, because I know you might understand the mm. technicality of it more. But to my understanding, dynamic range is the depth of data that you can get out of a photograph, and that is measured in stops. Mm-hmm. Um, so the least amount of stops, the less data, the more, the more data. And that enables you in post to be mm-hmm. able to pull out shadows or highlights and still retain the data from those shadows and highlights because so, that data exists within the picture. So having more stops is kind of like having more tick marks on your ruler to have like more uh, precision on like how dark something is or how bright something is. Is that kind of how um, it is? It's, it's increased. Uh, I feel like, just more information. More text just yeah. means more information. Yeah, because yeah, like if I took a, you know, if I took a picture of Tristan as he sits here in front of me now, so he's sitting mm-hmm. at the podcast table, he's got his microphone, and let's just say I shot a little dark, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I would still have the ability to pull out more shadows, reduce the amount of grain, and still retain detail, yep. which I think is the biggest thing: being yeah. able to okay. to to pull light or push light and have the retaining of detail. Yeah. So yeah. is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so what's bracket? <laughs> like, um, no, I was, do you want me to do it or do you want to no, do it? You want to switch off? Uh, I want Tristan no, to You're do the it. photography boy. You know more. I was just going to say, <laughs> it's a uh, dynamic range is That's just, a cinema thing too. Mm-hmm. So I, we yeah. don't, you wouldn't use bracketing so much for cinema. No, but I mean mm-hmm. dynamic range. Oh, That's yeah. what I was like, chime in on that so for, for sure. For dynamic range, it is just the, uh, the, the range between true black and two, true white. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's way better. That's really all it is. So yeah. how much information can your camera capture between uh, the blackest part and and the whitest part? Mm-hmm. And, and some cameras just have more than others. You were saying your old one just uh, <sighs> lacked it. So what that would mean is whenever you go to uh, color grade or like change values of making things brighter or darker, or mm-hmm. you could shift my shirt that's maroon to a blue hue, um, the more data you capture, the easier it is to push those values around without the image falling apart yeah so that's really all it does and it's it's not needed you don't have to have it to make photos or videos look good it but what it does is gives you the flexibility to change things in post-production yeah which is huge i rely Mm -hmm. a lot on post-production yeah i know not everybody does but i do um I like to be able to have the flexibility because who knows how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the whole goal with, with real estate photography as well is to find a neutral balance. You know, you mm-hmm. want to pull the shadows up so that you can find the detail that's hidden within them. And then you also want to be able to take away the highlights to find the detail within those as well. Mm-hmm. You know, with, when there's a window that's, that's got a light shining through it, that's blowing out the white carpet from the white light from the sun you know, my goal is always to be able to pull that out so you can actually see the shadows and the fibers and the carpet so that it's definable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see the same thing with interviews. Um, something with a uh, low dynamic range and uh, a low bit rate of, mm-hmm. of image uh, captured, and they call it roll off, and that's like light on someone's face. So you have the brightest part and then the darkest part. And the more smoothly that shot blends, 
uh, and it's not just like real bright and real dark that that all goes into that uh, mm -hmm. as well and even to the untrained eye if like we never said anything and you guys were to watch films that were you know done with cameras that have higher dynamic range and some that don't and you can see their grades and things and especially in low light like mm -hmm. it's very noticeable because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's it's so clean and crisp and you got so much detail it's beautiful you can get artistic with it there is um and like photo editing software, there's usually an option called posterize, which is the opposite of increasing the dy dynamic range where it reduces the amount of colors that are even present to use to describe the image. So uh, I don't remember. It's like the Obama poster from like maybe yeah. 2008. That's like a posterized image where he is represented by only four main colors. Mm -hmm. And like that's only, that's a stylization and that's kind of like the reduction yeah <laughs> yeah all dynamic range yeah, does which is cool. super cool yeah which i normally am like i go into illustrator and i chase trace your face mm -hmm. and i do all this stuff and make a vector but you know that's just me yeah okay. <laughs> that's, much cool detail. that's that's this artsy way to do it but right. you could use just the button just, just the button to do it for you like it's a filter on instagram <laughs> uh yeah, yeah basically that's okay yeah um not insulting our instagram users out there we love you no. yeah. you guys probably have more followers than we do anyways <laughs> uh <laughs> tristan's face He's like Urgh. bracketing bracketing so that was the other thing you're gonna ask yeah. me about what the heck is bracketing so what happens with bracketing is it's just an automatic way to set up on your camera that every time you take a shot hmm. um it changes your shutter speed which I'm sure you're going <laughs> to question, which you bring yes. up words. It doesn't again. change ISO. It's no. Just, oh, I'm learning. ISO. Something. Yes. So your ISO stays at one, at one set. Now there might be a bracketing feature that, that's, that specifically runs off of ISO, but what I am using so is shutter. ISO is the amount of, light hitting was the light in the sensor so, so iso is one of those weird things that it doesn't really stand for anything it doesn't like there was i remember looking it up and there it was a really odd definition of what's happening with it I'm here it right now. um but essentially like iso is one of those weird things that i don't fully understand i just know that if i have too much of it i <laughs> i'm letting too much light into the image and it uh, becomes grainy <laughs> ISO. I don't, I don't know. What's up? Uh, what are you getting? Uh, Give me that Wikipedia entry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty all over the place. Yeah, no, it's really funky. Like I said, when I tried to do research on ISO, like there is no, it's not really clear cut. Mm. Uh, um, I'm seeing, it's kind of weird because it's actually iOS. International Organization for Standardization. Oh, that's not it. Okay, yeah, here's a see, here's Nikon's what's yours? webpage. There you go. What are they saying? ISO or originally referred to the sensitivity of film. Okay. So okay. the light gathering ability of it. So the higher ISO rating, the greater the film was ability to capture the image taken in low light. So it was actually the physical property of the film that you were using. Okay. So we'd use a special, you would use film with higher ISO for low light. So we just inherited some old tech names. Yeah. Yeah, right? And so things that required a shorter exposure than a low ISO film was like high ISO, I guess. But yeah. for digital, right. it's like gain. Like you, you're right. just increasing. Changing the sensitivity yeah. to light. That makes sense. Because it all works in conjunction. I mean, we can get real deep into this. Like, you know... Mm -hmm. If you 
to get a, I know I'm like, I'm thinking through this process because there's a lot to it. Like yeah. they both the shutter speed and the ISO work in conjunction. So if ISO is your sensitivity to the light, you know, your, your shutter, the, the faster it shoots, mm-hmm. right. The shutter is literally like a shutter. Um, yeah. it works a little bit different with mirrorless and digital, but, um, it's yeah. the faster the shutter, the less light because mm-hmm. faster, the slower it shuts and opens the more longer, light you get yeah. little photons have to hit your sensor before right. it mm. closes the gate but here's Where's the, the photon no, but kidding. here's the problem <laughs> is when you use a fast shutter you get lower light but you mm-hmm. get you were able to freeze your frame with right. more clarity but if you are to use a lower shutter then that's when you get motion blur yeah. but you're also letting in more light so you don't have to use much iso so it's all a balancing game yeah yeah that's so, the whole thing with photography have so, you ever seen an image with somebody with sparklers and they're like moving it around and then it like spells out a whole word or a shape those are people that were shooting with their shutter like wide open and that just means mm-hmm. they left it open for a long time before they closed it and it captured all of this light <laughs> the what, yeah. bulb bulb yeah when you get all the way down to just a full-on open shutter and you're just like holding yeah. your shutter that's yeah. it usually it's that's what it's called have you ever done nighttime shots or anything oh like yeah. yeah i've got a couple shots on my instagram uh where i had audrey run around the yard with her light on her phone mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she was kind of doing like movements like this and it's i mean it's light painting is a very cool thing and we could get into that too but mm-hmm. um that's all dependent upon what you're doing with your shutter so mm-hmm. yeah so how did we get bracketing this? bracketing i'm bracketing. like wow how did we get from bracketing to this but See, that makes this sense complicated stuff to understand everything yes yeah, i don't get it so <laughs> the way that i <laughs> so the <laughs> way that i use bracketing because the problem is is with if you were to use an iso bracket then mm-hmm. you know you're going to pick your shutter speed which is fine because you're mm-hmm. going to you're going to know what your subject like if you have a moving subject that that would matter um but again if you you know that that iso pumps up to you know above 2000 really technically with photography like with mine i, I don't like to go much over like 14 to 1600 mm. um but mm. you get that grain and that yeah. grain is you know you're 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 letting in too much light you're going to lose detail those are things that i try to avoid at all costs so i'm mm. huge on the low lower the iso the better yeah um to retain that detail and to you know reduce grain yeah. um because that also you know doesn't help in post-production Right. So when it comes to real estate photography, I'm using the auto bracketing function, which will move your shutter in different directions when you shoot per how many shoots you want to do. So it's usually a, you have a zero, a three and a five option. So if you, if you're on zero, it's off. If you go on three, it gives you a section of three photos and you have to click the shutter for each one, which is nice because you get uh, focusing functions throughout that process. Um, and I know different cameras work different ways, but this is how Nikon does it. I was going to, yeah. Canon's different as well. So, uh, well, shooting raw, having like the raw image talking about like ISO and everything that's going to change everything, but we don't, we don't shoot raw. So it doesn't even matter. Well, I do. Oh, I only shoot in raw. Oh, well for (laughs) for film film we don't have we don't but for for photos i know photography oh no that's what i'm saying like we're totally down the rabbit hole so i hope that you guys wanted to hear about film and photography today because you're getting it on our film and video production this is putting us to the test i know right you can actually (laughs) you can change a lot of these settings in post-production if you're shooting raw Yes, and I'll get to that in a second since we brought it up. Yeah. So we can stop going down the rabbit hole. No, well, we got to we got to talk about raw now, and that that'll be quick. But so back to bracketing. So 
so what I'm all I'm doing is it's it's mm-hmm. it's uh, automatically adjusting the shutter speed so that it's letting in more or less light each time it takes a photo. Okay. So I set a baseline. You pick your first shutter speed, and then you yeah. pick the increments at which it switches the shutter. Um, and I know that's measured in stops. I don't fully understand that part. I just know it works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I set it all the way at max, which is 2.0. So there's a there's usually a pretty large gap in between light. Uh, but that's also why I use five instead of three because I get more increments. I have more options for light. You shoot five? I do, and you were supposed to, but you didn't. So Ooh, <laughs> it's in the notes. Out. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, so that gives you multiple versions of the same shot, and you yes. can choose between them. Just like if one was too dark, one was too bright, one was too grainy. So here's the whole reason. So none of them none of them are grainy because I'm shooting at a low ISO. Okay. Yeah, so the low ISO, you don't have to worry about the grain. No grain. All I'm all I'm messing with now is the amount of light. So I it's mm-hmm. either, you know, that dark to light section, you're getting images that fall on that dark spectrum, but I want I don't want an image that has no detail because that does me right. no good. So I want something that falls on the end of the spectrum that gives me enough like shadow detail. And then I need something at the high end that gives me enough light detail that on yeah. that's in the highlights. So then what I'm doing is I'm taking those five images and I'm picking three from those mm-hmm. and I'm merging them together. You're doing manual HDR, aren't you? Yeah, I am. You're doing what the little Apple uh, like advertised like two or three years ago. Like yes. It takes multiple photos and it merges <laughs> into one. Oh yeah. my gosh. Nobody's I'm doing, ever done this before. doing on my own what a computer now does for people in their hands. So why do yeah. you do it on your own? So the no. reason I do it on my, on my own is because if you the the two largest camera brands or like phone cameras that are doing the most computing is Apple and Google with the mm. Android with the Pixel. Yeah. So that that is a computer, an AI algorithm in a computer that tells the mm. camera what to do in a split second. It goes take this Google. It says take this many <laughs> shots and then pick out these elements and then merge those images to create one image for the end user. Yeah. So it's doing all the processing on its own. Yes. So whatever Apple or Google decides to do with that photo with their processing is what you mm-hmm. get. Yeah. And, and there's flexibility. no yeah. there's no flexibility in that. You get what you get and because of the sensor size and all of yeah. this good stuff, yeah. There's not a ton of editability to this as well. Yeah. Now with the new iPhones you get Pro Raw. Ooh, Pro Raw. Which, so you can actually edit those photos. You get what the computer would have processed. You get the actual raw image of, of the merging, which is mm-hmm. super cool. Um, but I'm doing all of this manually because I need the flexibility at the end of the day to choose which shadows I want to get rid of, which highlights I want to get rid of to yeah. make the best real estate image. Yeah, yeah, I like how you brought up the sensor size because these tiny little circles, that those sensors are like a Skittle and... <laughs> The, the sensors in our Nikons is uh, like a giant candy bar. It's like, like you can, 30 you Skittles. You have to take so many shots with just one tiny sensor to get any detail uh, yeah. out of that without it being so noisy. And that's what they, that's that compensation is for. Yeah. And it does a great job. It's very impressive. Tristan constantly tells me how amazing the post-processing is on these phones. And it's, it's amazing. the only thing that saves these cameras because like those sensors really haven't changed that much over the past 10 years. Nope. Uh, it's true. We're talking, you said Pro Raw. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so this takes us back to, to what we were talking about. So 
another way to retain data in a photo mm -hmm. is to shoot in what's called raw. Now I know raw is like the main term for it. Um, I'm sure it's an acronym because uh, it's usually mm -hmm. an all bold. Um, yeah. But of course, <laughs> for, because of the way the camera manufacturers work, we get a different version of that in every one of them. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty sure a Canon's like an actual, it actually is a file extension of raw, but then like DJI comes out as a DNG, mm -hmm. um, Nikon shoots at an NEF. They're all technically the same thing. It's just, mm -hmm. you're getting that unprocessed raw image with as much data as you possibly can get from your sensor. Yeah, and mm -hmm. they do a lot of that by reducing features that are built into your phones and your cameras, such as sharpening and saturation, yeah. and a lot of things oh, yeah. that get added in. So that way when you a take your photo, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just pretty, and you can mm -hmm. post it on Facebook or whatever. But with these images, it compresses a lot of that color value into a middle ground so that way you can start to stretch out it's talking about the dynamic range mm -hmm. if you have dark down here and bright up here it starts to compress all those but it, it stores all that data so that way whenever you go into your editing software you can take it and stretch it back out mm. um, and and take that like gray tone and make it black and take that uh, light white color and just push it straight up to white and then you have this full range Mm -hmm. Or, or you take that image and and you have one raw and then you have another raw that's closer down towards the bottom. You have another raw that's towards the top and then you stack those all together with a bracket, and right. then you and then you can and that's make HDRing and then you get is, all the shadows and all the mids and all the highlights, back. which is high dynamic dynamic range. Which we've already high talked about dynamic range, range, so that should make sense now. A high yeah. dynamic range would be giving you even more above what you already have. Mm -hmm. um, which if you take three images at three different light levels and stack those, again, you're just creating more data. Your watch right. is recording everything you're saying. Oh my gosh. I know my yeah. phone went off when I said the G <laughs> yeah. word and then my watch went off. And yeah. it's, oh look, it just it, it literally just gave me a calculate of, of some sort of math mm -hmm. formula. So the benefit of this too <laughs> of using raw um, and the downsides of it. Uh, the benefit is it gives you a ton of data so you get to play around with a lot in post. And, and one of those things is ISO, uh, at least with ProRes RAW, uh, yeah. which actually outperformed B-RAW uh, from Blackmagic oh. cameras. I just watched a video on it. This is so nice. This is video talk as well. Yes. Just so we're yes. on the same page. But it's it's the same concept because instead mm -hmm. of taking one photo, we wanna, did we lose a light? No. No, yeah. no it's getting dark outside. Maybe the sun. <laughs> Sun's going dude, down. My eyes just like going crazy. S sun's getting real low, uh, big guy. Yeah, dude. I'm just like <laughs> squirrel. Um, so Black Magic makes cameras, and they came out with this new thing called B Raw, and mm -hmm. it was supposed to compete with um, everybody with, has to have their own Apple format, ProRes Raw, mm. and, and the difference between photo and video raw is. You're taking 24 raw shots or 60 raw shots per second. Well, there's iframes and p frames and <laughs> yeah, but no, don't you worry about that. But layman's, man, we sound so professional right now, you guys. Like we know so much about cameras. <laughs> Layman term here. Um, so, so you get these raw images, and you can store all this data and information in them, and you can change the ISO in post-production which is super nice because it's awesome mm -hmm. it's not just like you're getting more detail out of it you can actually go in and manually change the iso yeah. and a couple other features and it's all in post yep but the downsides is, uh it takes up so much more room on your computer it's your, so big your files will be yes. about 10 Huge. times the size yeah, yeah so like let's see so like a photo that i took out <laughs> of my phone because i already know what i i can tell you the size of a photo out of my camera tell me how big my the camera it, it's usually hovers around 32 megabytes per Ooh. picture on your camera on my camera 
as opposed to was on the Nikon about four, three or four. Yeah, hold on. I'm just gonna find one that actually. I was like, why are these pictures coming out at nine megapixel? I think it's because I'm cropping it. But so I'm essentially I'm shooting like on my phone, uh, an image is coming out at uh, at like three megabytes. Mm-hmm. So we're talking ten times the data. Yeah. Over what you're shooting on your phone, which is also why you're mm-hmm. getting what you're getting. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see. I have yeah. a raw image here that I took from my phone. So let's see what it's. So look at that. So a raw image out of the phone is coming out at 25 megapixels. So that's your difference. I mean, post-processing mm-hmm. is cutting it down way further. Yeah. Which if you use the pro mode on your Samsung, you can get a raw image. Just yeah. saying. On your Samsung. The down, your iPhone. Uh, another side effect of using <laughs> these uh, sensors to capture more data. So with the Blackmagic cameras, um, their 6K came out. So you have 6K resolution. David, how much Insane. bigger is 6K than 1080p? Ooh. If I bought a 1080p TV, oh, is, how much more resolution do you get? Huge I'm, difference. Gosh, I don't even know. Because it's do. not six times no, no, the no. resolution. Like when you start to get into the facts here, it's it's actually a large amount of difference. Even 8K over 4K. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's where we're getting into the marketing terms. Is it usually? Well, yeah, thank you. 2K usually just refers to like a 2000 Four. pixel by 2000 pixel probably two 2048 whatever well, don't right. they call 1440p monitors 2k now yes it, that's because the long side is 2k but the short side is it's like an asterisk not, i don't know <laughs> it, that's the problem it's so annoying is it is because it's two times 1080 two times 1080. <laughs> no, i'm just kidding i'm <laughs> kidding no <laughs> do not come here for men no! <laughs> here let's just google it like what we're really trying to get at here is uh, we, we know a lot about the stuff yeah here. yeah we're, we're really good at all we know it. how to use it we know how to make it pretty but i mean so, the other downside i think of, well, of me, all of that is let me finish yeah, no, the 6k so the black magics <laughs> black magic shoots 6, 6k <laughs> for like two thousand bucks i think you can get them yeah. for less than two grand now it's a really good deal so you get That's a camera that shoots deal. 6K, but the reason they're able to get away with that is because like your camera can, it has a little computer inside. It can only do mm-hmm. so many things at once, and you can only shoot 6K and capture this huge uh, sp- uh, spectrum of pixels mm-hmm. if you shoot in Blackmagic RAW. And the reason Blackmagic RAW is so cool is because it takes all that information and doesn't make an image with it. It takes that information, and then you put it in your computer, and then it makes the image for you. So it does all the yeah. post-processing in post process that would normally be done in the camera. And then mm-hmm. um, if you smart. if you want to do yeah. ProRes raw on these cameras, it crops the sensor. Oh no. And so you take a six K image a six K sensor, you use the full image or the full sensor to capture all the information, and then it takes that information and crops it down into four K because you can't do that post processing tactic with ProRes raw like you can black magic. You and can't. It's all part of the protocols. Yeah, and coding. Yeah. yeah. So I that, found the stats. That is the difference between those two, um, yeah. and and some of the informations. And Tristan's a huge ProRes fan. Yeah, it's, he is. It's still better. It still, still outperforms better. Blackmagic. So yeah, yeah. We shoot everything in ProRes now. <laughs> it's six thousand one hundred and forty-four pixels by three thousand four hundred and fifty-six. What is that? Six thousand by three thousand pixels. So that's six. That's six K. Because six thousand. <laughs> How many ten eighties can I? That's fit a in that's my a super thirty five sensor size. Really? Twenty three by thirteen millimeter. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Look at that. All of the things coming together. In I know, right? Six K. Man, 
Man. We are organized on this podcast. Look at all that. We're all learning so much together here, Dude, guys. Do you remember growing up with 240p on the internet? Oh my, have you tried looking at a 240p video on YouTube? I remember thinking that 720 was like a big deal. See, people used to watch 240p on like computer monitors. If you try to watch 240p on your phone now, your your brain starts frying itself. I wonder if it... You're watching Pong. (laughs) Pretty much. It looks bit and blown up. I wonder if they're using weird like super sampling tactics to make it bigger and it makes it like all washed out you know and like you think oh, for sure you think yeah. youtube's doing some movie magic to to save some money or what do you yeah. mean well i think that the ai if you look if you know you can <laughs> scale learning. it like AK. i forget what it's called it's called like nearest neighbor scaling when you like zoom in on something it just makes the pixels bigger and it doesn't try to uh make it more smooth it tries to blend the colors between yeah, the, the nearest pixels yeah. Yeah. yeah i think that's what it's doing and it just looks like blobby and like yeah. i can't tell what anything is anymore <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah. It, it's weird to think that was when we grew up and now mm-hmm. two how many 240ps how many two. 144 is it 144 is it yeah. 144 is the lowest yeah how many 144ps can i fit in a in a 6k <laughs> oh that is basic gosh. math <laughs> That is basic math. Hold on, he's gonna. He's gonna do the math. David's doing the math. How much better are TVs now than they were? It's they That's are a big difference. One hundred and eighty-seven times better. <laughs> Six thousand divided by one hundred and forty. That is twenty-one thousand times the. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, could you imagine editing a video back in the day on like your mom's Gosh. handycam and you're like, I did it. Well, I, yeah. I think those, I, I don't remember, what what was the resolution for something like that? Was it like 480? It was 360. Way, it was yeah, like, it's 16 by 9, something like actually, that. Actually, I'll be honest with you. I do know for a fact that my first camera that I would have edited footage on because it wasn't film film. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on like a super or what was it? What was the eight? high eight or super eight or something film high sense there's no. super 16 I super eight or super there was eight. super eight that's what the um what's the guy's name he ruined star wars for everybody blames him for ruining star wars what um there is super eight yeah and super it eight is, is a movie and it's are you talking about of, spielberg no the other he guy did super eight jj um, abrams he made a movie called super eight and it was filmed on super eight was it Abrams? I didn't think Why? that was yeah, Abrams. Why? Was it a meme? Because he liked the camera. And the, oh. the film was also about the camera. There's like kids running around with the Super 8 camera. Did so you it watch was it? Shot on a, yeah, I watched it. That was J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Oh, Spielberg so, was a producer. Sorry. He produced it. I'm pretty sure it was shot on a Super 8. I could be wrong. Hey, that's a great movie. Not going to lie. You, you liked it? I, did, I yeah. thought it was good. Yeah. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. So you, you did something with Super 8? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that we used uh, that uh, back in the day that was the camera because you, you had to put in the mm-hmm. little tapes and stuff. And I thought that's what it was called. But I have one. I think I might still have some at the house. So I, I, can, I can let you guys Show know. and tell next time? Maybe. Yeah. Comparison but, test. But I was Ooh. the Sony Handycam that we had. Sh- the first one that I would have shot with that I could have done editing with the footage mm-hmm. was it? It was 1080i. Yeah. Oh, 1080i. So that's the whole thing. Interlaced, right? Yeah, that's. But it was insane. You were like, it was HD. You were like, what is this? Those horizontal lines, David. Oh no, Uh, interlacing frames. What's the difference between P's and I's? Every second, 
on a screen with older televisions. It was easier to upload to update all the even lines of pixels. On Speaking all to the your even, mic, sir. All the even li- I, I'm trying to back up so you can see no, my hands. No. Speaking of the mic. I want to see your... On older ear. TVs, it was easier to update every other line of pixels every frame because on the screens, there was a glowing phosphorus. That's what made it show up and become colorful. It was phosphorus. It would still Sounds be healthy. glowing by the next screen. And if they tried to update it every single frame, it would be very blurry and weird. And so they were. They found a trick where they could update every other frame, every, every other line, and so it do all the odd ones one frame, and all the even ones the other one. And it was an interlaced thing where every once in a while, you'd, and like we couldn't tell, but it would just be like We can tell now. We can tell now because we have progressive frames where it does all of them at the same time and so that's where 1080p is so uh part of this led to the, an issue with uh, so when did when did i come out like when did interlaced footage come out because it wasn't in the early 2000s late 90s well we or earlier they're using interlacing like forever for tvs really I forever think. well i mean yeah i that, thought it that, wasn't that was their dig- solution i didn't think it was a problem till digital it became a problem when it came to make it digital because when we wanted to show like convert from interlaced to mm-hmm. progressive now we have global but not a lot of things use global global shutter global shutter which is we're getting screens that can globally update a whole frame at once yeah which means a frame boom everything's changed yeah we were talking about like the shutter gates and how long mm-hmm. they're open it would just be instant yeah. for the whole thing Yep, it's the same thing for when you're capturing. What that's why Tristan's saying shutter. When you're capturing a, a photo, you can progressively capture all the data. Mm-hmm. And there's also uh, cameras that globally, and it captures it all at once. Yeah, and those are super expensive. So I well, actually, you can get. They're getting a lot getting more affordable. Cheaper. You can get yeah. them for like two and well, no, the cheapest one I've seen is probably the Z Cam, and I think theirs is about four to six grand, depending on which model. Yeah. But like compared to mm-hmm. a long time ago, right, pretty affordable. Um, oh, wow, this has been going on for a long time. Interlaced. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, actually, if you go to the mm-hmm. Wikipedia, they have a, a GIF that shows you how interlaced works, how it updates the uh, image in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. it's very yeah, cool. It's super cool. But the, uh, the thing I was going to say is um, a lot of, as far as I'm aware, you don't film interlaced. It's just a way to display the image, right? Um, Correct. Well, I would say older digital cameras may have started. Right. Yeah. Started yeah. when no, they you, were first made. They probably did record and interlaced. But then we found out progressive is just butt tons better. But like so. for film, there wasn't but an tons. option. Like yeah. if you're shooting on on film, that wasn't an option. So what happens is mm-hmm. um, all these old movies that came that were that were shot on film have high fidelity images. Yes, and then they sent them out, and then they got turned into interlaced, and then they got put on TVs. So then everybody bootlegs and screen yeah. caps them. So unless that original footage is captured somewhere else, yeah. we're stuck with these bootlegged. Uh, knockoffs of all these yeah. films with interlaced footage, which is really sad. Yeah. But there's a couple of um, of remastered films that come out, and then they release the progressive version because mm-hmm. the original film just has mm-hmm. so much more data than our TVs were even able to to relay, or our yeah. computers, or, or our, our, even I'm sure 
phones. I don't know how. I don't know yeah. how when that window of I and P changed. There was a period of film history where video quality got a lot worse because of TVs. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they would record record runs of televisions because they couldn't. They didn't have the ability to record it and transmit it over the air. So they would put a camera in front of a TV and record the TV, and that would be <laughs> the master of a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. So we've come a long way. Yeah. It, it makes me horrible. feel really good about our setup. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those guys. Here I was mad we could shoot 240 FPS. What are they doing? Dude. And then and then like 40 years people are going to make fun of us because the Elon chip's just going to record everything <laughs> our eyeballs see. Just everything's just going straight Still to the, the cloud. stuff on a flat screen? What are you doing yeah just watching just it in your mind your mind yeah mind mind play grandpa just use the mind play <laughs> play <laughs> minecraft hey oh grandpa. my god you mean it's like a mind sweeper it feels like you blow up it's amazing <laughs> yeah. i have no idea how long we've been running about for. an hour and 20 minutes that's what i thought i thought we started hey. at six so i'm feeling like, great uh, maybe a little less like mm. we got a solid yeah run. well we had a lot of other topics guys but um this yeah. was great because we talked about i mean these are the things that we uh we like to think we're knowledgeable in and that we we <laughs> we, we deal with on a day-to-day basis googling on stuff that we were supposed to know we only googled I, like not, two or three things to be honest yeah it's stuff that i i have a feel for but i don't know the exact science yeah. of it so yeah like, i if i'm looking at it and i'm editing it i know what mm-hmm. it is and i know how it works that's all that matters to explain it you know that's that's the real kicker there's a lot of people that could tell you all of these facts and know all the history and all that stuff but still if you can't put it into practice into your day-to-day then what's the use yeah Yeah. so learn what we need to know and then yeah everything else (laughs) just goes away i know how to match colors on between cameras and the skin tones look sweet finally no, wow. I'm kidding. <laughs> it is color science is it is it's, it's a science. Like it is. It, is it really is such a weird thing for people to rest. And same with audio as we're as mm-hmm. we're figuring out. We're we're gaining so much knowledge in audio and, and yeah. um audio and visual. I'd rather audio I, than color any day though. Like really? just saying. I'd I rather deal with audio because it it clicks way more when I can close my eyes and listen to something. <laughs> and yeah. i understand that process well that's but fun. i've been it's, in music for a long time i i do not have an ear for it you guys make fun of me all the time it is I, atrocious how i'm like dude nest hub gosh. sounds great i don't know what you're talking gosh. about yeah. listen to the last episode if you want to hear us roast on him but no <laughs> uh, we talk about speakers and headphones too. yeah, yeah. I, I wore those uh before the podcast i i don't know if i could last like an hour in those things the, the yeah. what yeah and i know i know the they're high quality a little bit i know they're high quality yeah. and i know you like them and i'm sure they sound great because they mm-hmm. do sound really good but the the comfort of headphones just it's such a weird thing i get it i totally get it mm-hmm. don't get me wrong I, I i don't know what happened maybe there's something wrong with my ears i do feel like maybe the masks are pulling our ears forward Wait, you, i don't know you said you feel like clothes are unnatural so i i mean if you don't if you just you know it's not that I feel like they're unnatural. unnatural. No, 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 no. <laughs> what? No, he's taking what? taking my what I said out of context Ooh. and putting a spin on it here. It's not that I <laughs> think that they're unnatural. I feel better when I have clothes on. I'm, I'm clothes on. Yes, oh, I just oh. hate the fact that like it's something you have to keep up on and they don't last. You have to do all the stuff. You have to buy more and you know there's <laughs> styles and all this stuff because I'd much rather be able to wear the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. and just be and then spend my money on technology great gray bros media we're just gonna get gray shirts well, have yeah. you seen it's called a growl fit the youtuber tom <laughs> scott 
Have you seen his videos? He does educational videos, but his shtick is he, one day, like 10 years ago, he just threw out all of his clothes and he went to Amazon and ordered like 20 red shirts and 20 blue blue jeans. And that's, that's his wardrobe. <laughs> there's a couple people that are like that. Who's there's another YouTuber that wears the same thing every time. And it's like a whole thing. Mm. Uh, Does that make art now? Maybe I know it's a, there's a media creator, somebody that makes like video based content, like about mm. filmmaking yes. and stuff that wears gray shirts all the time. And yes. that was actually what made me think of start doing it. Um, <laughs> and I really want to, but I want us to have like cool branded shirts for it. No. So here's yeah, the thing guys, cool branded shirts. So cold. no matter, I don't know how long it's going to take to get everything printed, <laughs> but I'm getting everything taken care of this week. Oh yeah. So get Ooh. ready. Is that, is it happening? It's happening. Well, I finally got paid. So, uh, wow. Finally got paid. So I'm going to go in and use those funds to get us some shirts and I'm going to do, and I'm going to, I'll tell, I'll tell David, but it's going to be a surprise Me. for Tristan. I'm going to get him a one-off specific shirt for him with a special design. Does it say bing bong? No, just, no. just relax. All right. Well, that's my one guess. I am so excited. Yeah. I am really excited. I, I don't even know what it is and it's I want it three to years in the making. Yeah. So three we're going to do a one, one-off just for Tristan. Mm -hmm. And then, um, very interesting. we're going to get triflex shirts guys. So hopefully, um, as long as the printing process doesn't take too long, we mm -hmm. should have our new shirts by the next podcast. So yeah. what? That is fast. Sweet. Wow. Yeah. Look forward to that. If we like them, we might shout out who made them and then order a ton more because I like shirts. Yeah. I like shirts. No, I, I would much rather be able to show up every time. And like I said, I would much rather be able to show up and just wear my Triflix shirt yeah. on the podcast or... Yeah, we get Which, some color we're, variants. We're gonna have to do some color variants because we're gonna order black right off the bat. But we'll uh, we'll go from there. It's summertime, man. Black. Yeah, can we get like the main three we'll colors? Hot. Yeah, but it's like every time I wear white, like I always oh, get yes. something on it. I oh, just sweat through. It Let's too. do the orange, yeah. like peach and uh, the blue. Yeah. I'm not trying to do no. Do those. Well, whatever. Get some <laughs> heathers in there. <laughs> we'll All talk. Right. We'll talk. So next yeah. episode, we always say what we're gonna talk about and yes. we make something up. So I'm just gonna say we're gonna we're gonna leave this NASCAR one. The, the people no. <laughs> No, NASCAR. Uh, yeah, NASCAR. No, I actually was listening to something about NASCAR the other day, but that is not right, it's worth hey, talking about. That's a fun no, fact. Cars. I got my name. My name is from a NASCAR movie. Cole. Yep. They invented the name Cole. Just saying. It's never been used before. No, I'm not saying it's that it hasn't been used before, but my parents, that's where the name came up that they liked and they used it. So, and that was from that movie. It's from an 80s movie. So, that's all right, everybody. My, my name's from a movie too. You're so special. <laughs> Next week, we're going to talk about <laughs> so how I was we trying paid to, say. to put our name on a NASCAR. David, what's your name from? My name is from the Bible. I was going to guess that. Yeah. King David. It means beloved. Didn't he like Oh, I thought it was David something? and Goliath. That... Aren't you yeah, his last rocks? name's Goliath. David Goliath. No, that's not what I Aaron. meant. I thought that was the David yeah. you were talking about, not King David. It's the same guy. Same guy? Didn't he cheat? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, on next episode, we'll dissect this. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he cheat? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>